The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. And welcome to episode 104 of The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman. That's myself, Brett King. Welcome along. Howdy. And Cameron Colley. Welcome on board. Thank you. Thank you. So, Cameron, what's actually happening with uh, Drinkle at the moment? Uh, at the moment, we're negotiating everything with retailers, but it's more from a um, how much of your software are you going to let us look at type deal. There seems to be a lot of inconsistencies between the point of sale software that a lot of retailers use. So, at the moment, we're busy basically coding for all the variations in that. So, yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, so you to integrate with a bit, different... Yeah, yeah. It's, right. a bit, it's a bit painful at the moment, actually, because the working model works beautifully, but in reality, there's a bit more to do in order to get everyone talking. Because they're, they're all using different things. That's right. Different point-of-sale software. So, yeah. But no, it's all good. We could be looking at, what, months away, I guess, still? Uh, I wouldn't want to say that. Hopefully within within a month or so. I mean, we're, my business partner, the coder, Alec, he's probably coding as we speak, actually. We haven't um, talked to him, have we, on the no, show? No, we haven't. No, we can get him on the show sometime, maybe. Yeah, we should. We have a little chat he's, to him. He's quite good. He's all, he's up there with all things tech, and he's a big Leo Laporte fan and everything else. So. so he does all the coding for you? He does. Actually, I think, didn't we have a show named after him, the Code Monkey or something like that? We, yes, yes, he's oh. the Code Monkey. That, that, <laughs> yeah. I just give we're really nasty to him in one, in one show, I think. Yeah, I yes. played it to him. <laughs> and, and you're still alive? Yeah. Well, I guess you're just cool. a messenger too. I mean, well, mind you, right. well, mind you were on the show, but I don't think he'll talk to us though, will he? Do you think uh, he will? No. Yeah, he, would. he do, would. We could talk about him right now again. We could do the same thing. We could insult him again. We could, exa- we could do exactly that. <laughs> but he should be coding right now anyway, so... So we'll, we'll let him be. Cool. Well, let's have a look at what happened in the week in tech. Well, I guess there wasn't really a lot that exciting that happened, but one thing that... Not a incredibly boring week. Yeah, it was. But one thing that sort of made a few waves out there was Google announcing OnePass. Indeed. Google OnePass is Google's subscription plan for developers who are providing apps via Google's App Store, which allow you to subscribe or purchase content within the app itself. And so it's the policy that is the most interesting part about Google One Pass and the differences between it and the new App Store subscription plan policy, which Apple released the day before. A couple of big differences I spotted were the fact that Apple want to take, I think, 30% uh, 30% yep. cut, so the content providers get to keep 70%. With Google, it's only 10%. So in other words, Google are asking for a third of what Apple's asking for. And the mm-hmm. other important one, which I think is actually more important, is that under Apple's system, Apple want to retain ownership of all the subscriber information. Mm. Not they, in- won't, they don't want to pass on consumer data to the, the app content developer. providers, whereas yeah. on, under Google's scheme they are happy to do that so the content providers can actually see uh, everything they need to see about who their customers are and what's been purchased and whether all from. All of that usage data and all, all of that. All that subscriber-based, yeah. yeah. The other thing which hasn't been mentioned in a lot of these things but is part of the Apple policy is they'll take a 30% share of subscriptions that are facilitated through the app on the App Store. 
So through the App Store. If subscribers subscribe to a service via a different mechanism than on the App Store, then Apple will take 0%. So that's probably fair enough, though, subs- isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's well, exactly. good. It's that's completely a good thing. fair. Yeah. But there's been nothing about the Google One Pass policy as to whether or not this 10% is 10% blanket. Oh, I see. Well, that's because a good if it's point. 10% blanket, it could be, you know, end up being way more than 30% of the smaller proportion from those who purchase subscribed material through the app on the App Store. Oh, I'd be surprised, though, if, if they could. I mean, would, would, would Google do some. I mean, why would they do that? Google have done all kinds of weird stuff in the past. Yeah, Google's are definitely a weird company in terms of certain decisions that they make. Mm. I find them very strange. Whereas Apple's a little more consistent. Sure, they might make a, a product like Ping might come out. It's more of a feature. didn't really work. But Google yeah. just tend to spend millions of dollars doing really weird stuff that just falls over and they sort of sweep it under the carpet and just pretend it never happened. <laughs> so, like, for example, look at that Google Wave. I mean, that was hyped beyond belief. I couldn't wait till it came out. Oh, and yeah. in the end, it was yeah. just a bunch of, bunch of me and some Twitter people sitting around going, what now? Exactly, it was. It was really odd. It was like being in a, you know, some sort of role-playing game where there was just white space. There was nothing to look at. It was like, you know, yeah. being inside Tron the computer when it's turned off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's one of their things where they create this device or this, you know, this service, this product. They hype it massively, but then they don't deliver. They, no. Or they deliver something which is so the same as something which is already big mm. that nobody uses it. Yeah. See, again, though. It's like certain this- things, certain services become synonymous. They do it well. They do it first or they mm. you know, maybe even second, but they do oh. it the best. But look, once example- they get mass, you've got it. It's like yeah. Facebook. Facebook destroyed MySpace. MySpace was first, but MySpace didn't do it as well as Facebook when Facebook came out. No, no just after. Facebook did it better. Facebook destroyed MySpace. Now, no, it example. would be completely ridiculous to try and compete against Facebook in Facebook's market. You would have to have something which really differentiates yourself to try and get into that social networking, which is why all of these other sites, you know, now there's Facebook Connect to this, this, that, and the other, all these websites which allow you to connect through to Facebook, bringing in a Facebook presence for all these other sites because it's the only way that they can keep buying into that huge market share that Facebook got because Facebook did it best. Mm. Remember the Open ID initiative? I liked it. Yeah, it was nice, but I mean, right now, I mean, I think Facebook is kind of by yeah. it's a de facto default ID. I think Open ID probably would have got there by the time it garnered a lot more uh, attention and more, if, as long as the mainstream was kicking in. Mm. But um, yeah, no, once, once everyone sort of had this Facebook account, that pretty much came the default currency on the internet in terms of identification. Tell you another one that's yep. well and truly dead now is Microsoft's passport system. That's, yeah. that's well oh. dead and buried and well dead and buried, and they don't care about it anymore. No. So, I think yes. I was going to say about that was about um, Microsoft, just in general. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, well, have, have a look at what we're talking about. Where is mm. Microsoft in all this? They're not here. No, they have. They've not tried to get into this market at all because no. they don't. To they know that they're just not going to be able to succeed in something which has gotten well, well, the if share. They, well, if they actually got off their bums quick enough, that they, they might be able to. Well, they, they can't just sit have. there and go, oh, look, it's too late Google, now. Google and Apple are better than us, so nah, you guys have that market. I mean, come on. if yeah. you, got, you got to. It's really too late for them now. Well, now it is, yeah, I, I agree. Well, so you think you think they're just sitting in the back row of the bus with, with IBM going, we could have been. 
We could have been something. (laughs) Well, you know, it's they've got their niches and they've got the things that they make and they do well and they're keeping at that. They keep putting their fingers into other pies as testers, but they're not going to, they haven't done anything which was a huge leap. It's not a huge leap into any of these different pools. They've got their their main market and then they've just been putting these little fingers out there going, well, we've done this pretty okay. We'll, we'll try into this and we'll put a device in there and oh no, it didn't work. So, well, we didn't put a huge amount of effort into it anyway, so it's not a huge bite out of our pie. That's how they've done it. They haven't done it like some of these other companies where they've just gone, this is us. We're, we're going to be the Facebook killer. Oh, wait. Mm. Two months after we've opened, we've closed because we didn't and we've lost all of our capital. Or Facebook bought us. It's <laughs> so, yeah, it's, but uh, back to the story, the, the whole hoo-ha around the, the two different subscription plans, the two different policies, Google's OnePass and Apple's subscription plan policy, is, yeah, well, the whole 30% it is a huge chunk. And so we will see from the different newspaper, magazine, app developers and organizations what negotiation goes on between Apple to, I'm sure that that 30% will change. But I hope that Apple's sticking to their guns about not passing on users user data to third parties. I hope they keep that one because- so you, 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 know, you, of, you think that's a good clause? Yeah, yeah. But, it's, it, it but means- if you're selling, but hang on, hang on. A if you're if you're a content provider and you're selling th- through the app store, shouldn't you have access to who those customers are and how much they put? It's just like if you're selling newspapers through a but- through a bunch of stores, you still want to know who your customers Apple are. Apple still pass. Apple still passes on data about the app purchases, the mm. number of people who purchase it. They just don't pass on. 10,000 people purchased your app. Sweet. And here's all the contact details and here's all of the usage data for those 10,000 people. Yeah. No, they don't do that part. They pass on. 10,000 people purchased your app. Good on that's, you. And that's why Google is only taking 10% because of the money they're going to be making off oh, selling that information. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll pass on yeah. that information. Do you, do you know what? It, it seems to me... One that, of the big things that Google does, Google Ads. It, it seems to me that Google and Facebook kind of seem to go together quite well. They kind of do similar things. Would you agree? Uh, even in terms of consumer data or manipulation? Yeah, that kind of, th- yeah. Yeah, um, the, maybe. They're, they're yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, I guess so. Maybe they're just the two biggest examples of it. I don't think it's a, specifically a, a solely a Google and Facebook issue. I think a lot of no. companies would do this. They're just not yeah. nowhere near the two-ton gorillas that both Google and Facebook are. From a content provider's point of view, the Google deal is far more attractive because as a content provider, I get to know everything about my customers and I only lose out 10%. But then once again, that does depend on whether or not that 10% does cover total subscriptions or whether or not it does cover just those that are facilitated through the Google App Store. If it isn't and it's a blanket one, then it could end, then up, it could being, end up being a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. a lot more. I mean, do, do we know if there's going to be a bunch of Google ads over the... Um the stuff that they're providing? I don't think they've said, have they? No, they haven't said at all. And, and will it be will it be exclusive? Like, do hey. I have a choice? I'm, I'm, I'm about to download, oh, heaven forbid, stuff.co.nz. Right, I'm about to access that. Can I have a choice between Google One Pass or subscribing through Apple? Mm. Oh, well, that's going to be very interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, whichever, I mean, way, we're all- whichever way it's going to be, you've got to remember part of the other part of Apple's App Store subscription policy is that the price through App Store, iTunes, and Apple 
has to be exactly the same as it is in any other medium. You cannot have differentiated pricing. If oh, yeah, you're that, that's stuff right. Apple is saying it has to be same or lower on, the, yeah. on their app store. Yeah, the app store has to be the same or lower than anywhere else. That is part of their part of their policy. And developers, when you sign up to develop for that thing, you, know, you have to agree to that. But I think with the with the big content providers, they will negotiate with Apple over this whole thirty percent thing. And I don't think that I don't see this thirty percent thing staying as it is. So, well, mm. it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I, yeah, I really don't think this thirty percent is going to stick around as the the official figure as it goes on. Yeah, I think and so. Apple is no, no. Apple's nothing but if not flexible. Been around for thirty-five plus years. They're constantly changing and adapting mm. to the market and what the market wants to leverage themselves. Oh, what's happened to me? I'm I'm talking for Apple stuff. I'm just thinking, where's, where's the real brick gone? <laughs> <laughs> I told you that would happen. You bought an iPhone. It just uh, yeah, I bought that's, an that's iPhone. And suddenly, I'm on Apple side. On no, you'll be buying shares in the company soon. <laughs> I think. I think it's more of, when you stock. when you look at the the past and what Apple has done. Apple constantly adjusts to the market and what is going on. Mm. So I think yeah, that they, is true. They I mean, will they put out their their strong stance to begin with, what they what they first think, and then they will adjust it based on the demand for it. And you got to remember that the Apple and App Store and iTunes they've got a huge market, a huge user base to leverage off. The only thing that this Google One Pass is really going to do is it, it adds competition, it adds that market pressure, which will allow the big content developers who are providing content via the App Store, via Apple, will be able to leverage that to adjust that 30% to to come to you know an agreement with that. The one thing I hope that Apple keeps their stand on, though, is that the privacy of their users' data. Apple is the only one who holds that holds that data and the users have to opt in to provide data to third parties. Mm. Whereas so, Google's way is an opt out. Yeah, so basically Apple's, I mean, it doesn't really, if they, the percentage that they're given, while it's great to speculate and discuss from a business point of view, it doesn't really affect us, the consumer. No. Because either way, we're still paying that four ninety five a month. Exactly. I'll definitely be going for the Apple subscription plan purely based on what they're going to be doing with my personal information. Hmm. That's a lot of the, the comments out there about this, the, these two announcements, is a lot of people will, because of the, the clause in Apple's policy that the, the price has to stay the same no matter where it's provided or be cheaper on the App Store, that's, yeah, the, the content provided on the App Store, people will go for over content provided on Google One Pass because of that privacy, privacy mm-hmm. of their user data. Either way, it's going to be good for the consumer. Yeah. We... <laughs> Yay! I'm happy to. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So, so we finished that story on. Out, yes. Right. Well, we finished that story on a high. And speaking of high, have you seen the high-rise building that's planned in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. The stairscraper. Yeah, it's called a stair. It's it's kind of like a a spiral staircase, but where each step is actually a whole floor. Hmm. So it's each step is you think of a circular high-rise building, and then each wedge is about a quarter of that circle and the rest of the what would be circle is just open air that's what it that's what it looks like when you picture it in your mind some brilliant structure really interesting i wonder how actually stable it would be in an earthquake i'm thinking the same yeah it does look great but i'm just and they want to build it with environmentally friendly renewable resources renewable energy thing there's going to be an open air garden on each and every level so 
it actually looks brilliant, but structurally that does look really flimsy. Yeah, I just I'm concerned that they've just they're spending all this money on creating bizarre buildings without having any idea whether these things are going to stay up. <laughs> well, you'd but, hope they'd have some idea as to whether or not it would stay up, but yeah, it's still something really odd to see as to whether or not that would. Yeah, stay. I mean, it probably it probably is perfectly fine. It's just core crew and from, from, core a, from a developer point of view, they're going to say, look. This is not the most cost-effective way of building a building, you know. But yeah. given and we fact- certainly wouldn't build one of those in Christchurch. No, no, no. <laughs> not that we've discovered a, a huge Unless fault it line. Could move up and down like a spring. That's what you'd need. Oh yeah, so like, a bouncy, like a, bouncy building. Yeah, it'd be like a slinky yeah. on it on, on the on its end. Well, I think it might be more like a slinky when it fell over. But <laughs> yeah, as, well, that would be. <laughs> on it by itself, you really wouldn't want it to be moving up and down with those sorts of movements of the earth. Because imagine if you were in the penthouse, you could have huge movement. <laughs> be like, you move to the penthouse and then you are constantly sick because you're constantly moving up and down by a meter. <laughs> Where my wife used to work, it was in a very, t- well, very tall for New Zealand standard, very tall building. It was, I, think she, I think she was on the 23rd floor. And just the winds we get here in Wellington, she could feel the building rock. It would sway. But mm. it, was, it was built that way to, to, you know, relieve, you know, the stress and the pressure and all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just windy day, she'd feel it sway. And she says it, yeah. it, is a, it does make you feel a little seasick. Oh, definitely. Uh, you've been, when you get to the top of the Hotel Intercontinental, that thing sways massively when you get to the top. How tall is that? Oh, it'd be in that, you know, 25 to 30 stories. I don't think I've ever been up that high. I've been up the Eiffel Tower, but that doesn't count because it's not a building that sways. <laughs> well, it's also got a much more planted base. Oh, absolutely. The, the pressure release through the Eiffel Tower's structure would be much better than your standard high-rise. I don't recall it being that sway at the top of the Eiffel Tower. No, I don't know. But then they don't seem to get a lot of wind in Paris anyway. But, no, you know, and- the thing is, in all my six months I spent travelling around Europe, the prize, if you like, for the most initially underwhelming and then overwhelming, once I've been to it, attraction would be the Eiffel Tower. Like, you know, I've always thought, in other words, what I'm getting at is, if, you know, for years I thought, oh, the Eiffel Tower is just a, just a glorified power pylon, you know, I mean, what, what's the big deal? And then when I got there and I actually went up the thing, I thought, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and to, think, was, and to think it was built in eighty in the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, that That's was my that, gets that was my exact same reaction. So I I got to Paris near the final half of my trip around Europe, and getting there and seeing the Eiffel Tower was the first time that it really hit me that I was not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> it was it was just amazing. It was yeah. such an interesting experience. How it caused such a bizarre reaction in me. Yeah, well, I felt exactly the same way. And it wasn't until then that I felt I was somewhere special, somewhere really completely different. I think what accentuates that whole feeling is, at least for me anyway, as I said before, you kind of look at it in pictures thinking, oh, yeah, it's just a big steel thing, no big deal. Yeah, big metal structure. You don't sort of think, you know, you you kind of write it off. Yeah, it's just a big metal structure. But uh, it's until you get there. So anyway, mm. this uh, this high rise. The thing is about this going back to this high rise building that's planned in Abu Dhabi. The, the neat thing about this is that there's a lot of opportunity for natural energy, like you know, lots of light. Because if yeah. you, if you look at one of those floors, and by the way, just for our listeners, if you want to have a look right now at what we're talking about, do a Google image search on stairscraper. 
All right, and you'll see a whole bunch of pictures will come up. That's exactly what we're talking about. So each floor has kind of like three sides. In fact, well, all sides almost out in the open, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It is a it is a wedge shape. It is a, a quarter of a a, a, a circle, and yeah. each floor is basically built as if it's its own enclosed house. So each floor, is, each floor is an apartment with an outside area, and yeah, it's an amazing construction. It's kind of cool. The picture I'm looking at has a, a computer-generated image, so they've superimposed this, but he's, it's a hang glider, and it's like he's just sort of taking a running jump off, you know, one of the top ones. He's sort of floating around <laughs> the other houses. It's, that would be cool, cool to do. That would be cool yeah, to definitely. do. The other thing that is, would, what's, yeah. the bit, what's the bit, it won't take long before someone, some daredevil actually Walks down the whole thing, you know, jumping from you know, oh, roof, yeah. roof to garden, <laughs> yeah, roof to garden, roof to garden. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that would from be cool. Top to the bottom, that would be brilliant. It doesn't say how tall this building is going to be, does it? No, no, it doesn't. No. Judging from the computer-generated pictures, though, it, it seems like it's you know, I mean, in the name, I mean, it's a stair scraper, so I guess we're talking at least fifty stories. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, by the look, oh, of, the by, by the look yeah. of it, yeah. In fact, we could count them going by the picture. One, two, three. Just fast forward the podcast if you're listening. Four, five. I'm joking. Anyway, <laughs> so we'll move on. <laughs> so that's a stair scraper. So definitely check that out. Have a look. Now, the other thing I thought was interesting this week was scientists claim that they've built something that can absorb a laser beam. Mm, a laser trap. Like oh. a body. Well, yeah, like a body. Yeah, just put your favorite enemy in front of it. That's it. The thing about this is that it's designed to absorb a laser beam running at a certain wavelength. Mm-hmm. So it won't work for all laser beams. It's built for a specific wavelength. It can yep. absorb something like, what is it, 99.4% of the energy. Yep. Uh, but it's dissipated as heat. Yeah, yeah. So basically so still- the... The laser hits inside the trap and just bounces around, dissipating its energy uh, inside the device and then radiates it out as heat. So really, the thing is, if, if you're trying to cancel out a laser beam, if someone's shooting you with a laser gun or something, it wouldn't really help you, though, would it? Because it no, just it's not going to work. You number one, you'd have to have the device pointed in the right direction to counteract the beam that's incoming. You'd have to know the frequency of the beam that's incoming. And you'd have to have some really good heat sinks. Yeah, because this thing would Otherwise, just fire you up. you're not going to be vaporized. You're just going to boil away. <laughs> no, it's this. the whole point of this technology that they've come up with is for supercomputers and regular computers in the future, where instead of it going based on electrons, little wired circuits, yeah. yeah, with electrons, it's going to be based on light flow. Photons. Yeah. Mm. So being able to turn on and off light in these new computers, that's the point of this thing. It's almost like we're going back to valve technology. It's not quite the same. Not quite the same. Quite a bit smaller. Quite a bit faster. Well, yeah, speaking of lasers, that reminds me, a couple of weeks back I was reading about that kid who made the, uh, actually, well, it wasn't a laser, so, yeah, it's a, it's a solar-powered death ray. I think it's oh, just Oh, the, the, uh, the parabolic shape which captures the rays of the sun and then focuses on one point. Yeah, he put that like is five, awesome. I saw he the video. Put like, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he put something like nearly 6,000 mirrors on this uh, satellite dish. Built it for under $100 or something, but apparently it just can melt through metal. It's just crazy. I've seen the video and it, it's just insane. But I he, think he, he stuck a big piece of wood in front of it and just catches fire. Oh, mm. instantaneously. I've Imagine seen, this thing in Australia, though. You should yeah. you should build one and take it out oh, in your no, desert-y that, thing area you got out the back of. Yeah, we just put them on top of our cars and we sort of drive around in the street and sort of, you know. Oh, that would be nasty. Point, point them at people, yeah. 
Well, it wouldn't <laughs> work just pointing them at people unless you, you, you know, measure the, right the distance. distance. Exactly. But <laughs> which looks would, to be about 40 or 50 centimetres. Yeah. So yeah. you'd have to get really close with your car, in which case you're so close you've probably run them over before you've burnt them. <laughs> oh, Brie, you shot it's, that story. That was a good story, though. I was, yeah. But it does mean it. that you can have in your backyard without having to burn any fossil fuels or burn any trees, you can cook your meat. You can have a well, barbecue. <laughs> you can have a barbecue a where instead barbecue. of having to wait for 30 minutes, an hour to do your rotisserie lamb, you just stick like your lamb bit, one of those things, and <laughs> push. The bit in the middle will be perfectly tender, while the yeah. three inches on the outside will be just burnt to the crisp. And, well, and you know what? The bits <laughs> that it misses, you just finish off with a laser or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, I like it. <laughs> oh, we've done the story very good. But uh, I, I look, I that is, and if you haven't seen the video, look up solar powered death ray, and there's some there's videos. It's also on break.com. That's I think where I saw it. Oh, you'll find tons. people have been making these things for ages. Yeah. Yeah, this one has been tired. I know, but this one has been quite popular recently, so it should yeah, should yeah, feature quite highly in the, in the searches. <laughs> I think it's because you did it so cheaply and it works so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Apparently, it cost him under a hundred dollars. Yeah, under hundred bucks. That's I mean, awesome. Come on, that's nothing. Well, the big point for that one is get it scoring yourself a, a satellite dish to use something that's already a parabolic arc. That's the hardest part to do. Uh, it would All be those too. fiddly measurements if you're trying to create that parabolic shape. Yeah, that's got to be yeah, yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge. The thing I don't get is there's a in, in the story I'm reading here about it. It, it says a 19 year old Indianian. What's what's an Indianian? He's from Indiana. Yeah, wouldn't that be an Indianan? Yeah, that's what I thought. There's something that looks wrong about that word, Indianian. Mm. You think it'd be Indianan, but there's an yeah. extra I, which looks like Indianian. <laughs> okay, maybe they don't know what they. What do we have any? Do we have any listeners out there Indiana. from? Yeah, do we have any listeners out there from Indiana? Maybe. Yeah, maybe they can shed some light on that. Indianine. Looking at the photo, he doesn't look Indian, but he might pass <laughs> from, he's from, from, Indiana. from yeah. He might pass from someone from Indiana. I'd say so. Very cool indeed. Absolutely. I, we could. We we should. Every every home should have one. Actually, no. Oh, that could, no. Definitely. Actually, that would be dangerous. No, no. Let's, yeah, that would be that. very very dangerous. There's a there'd lot of people I can think of that I don't, birds, I don't want them. Suddenly, to. there'd be roast pigeons <laughs> all over the place, and people catching <laughs> on fire, and oh, it'd be horrible. Well, actually, I was speaking to someone who knew someone else who knew a friend of a friend of, who had an uncle. Oh, really? Really? And, one uh, of those stories. <laughs> one of those stories, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, eventually, what, what, this guy was running this transmitter station for radio, something to do with communicating down to Antarctica, I think. And apparently the the signal was so strong that they were transmitting that it would just kill birds and you know seabirds as if they flew into where the antenna was it oh would just kill them and they just drop down dead yeah just be irradiated <laughs> so intensively that they just drop down dead yeah and that's, that's always been the thing that i've wondered when you know there's been all of this talk in the past and well you know still modern times about putting huge solar arrays in space to capture energy from the sun Oh. And then beaming it down to Earth. Well, they want to do that as Earth microwaves. To get it. Yeah. But yeah, but with the amount of power coming down, Imagine what if happens it, when you put something in between that? Yeah. yeah. Or if it's off. So an airplane flies off course and goes over the, the wrong dish and suddenly it comes out the other side and dives down because it's just burst into flames. <laughs> there must be a no-go zone there, surely. It must be like a no-fly zone, like Area 51 mm. or something. But, it's, but still, it's... <laughs> 
Yeah, I do, I do worry know, about that too. I, I'd rather them have long... the satellite in orbit and it goes off kilter a bit and suddenly this beam is no longer shooting at the satellite dish out in the middle of nowhere. It is instead shooting at Sydney. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's all... I agree. I'd rather them... I'd be happier if they did it with a bundle of long cables or something. Yeah. Yeah. A big, yeah. A big, a big extension cord yeah. with like a, one of those power boards at the end for the world to use. Like, Precisely. There's, there's <laughs> that would be much better than having a giant... Beam of energy coming down yep. from the sky. Much safe. <laughs> Big extension cord. All the companies, every, everyone in the world has to put a bid on for like a plug. So you got the, <laughs> yeah. so you got the US, UK, Australia, New Zealand. Oh, it would never work out. Guys, hey, everybody's got a different kind of plug. Sold death rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't work because everybody has a different kind of plug. So... No, no. If they You'd can, have to have a different extension cord coming no, down from each, no, if they can each satellite. Bring it all together with mobile phone chargers, they can do it with power plugs. <laughs> yeah, there's a thought for you. There's well, the EU will do it. Why they haven't already? Well, yeah, You're, that's true. A United Nations committee on a Seeing universal as, plug standard. Exactly. Well, they, they most, should. Most devices now will automatically switch between 110, 240. You know, or yeah, or anything that has stepped down does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like computers uh, and most of those will do that. Yeah. So the the only reason that they used to have those different plugs in the the past was because of the the different standards in each of the different countries. But yeah, having, having said that though, being a little more homogenous. Yeah, but having said that, it, that's not the case for things that that run off you know full power like two hundred and thirty volts. Mm. Uh, you know, so things like uh, washing machine, large appliances, fridges, washing machines. Yeah, they would have problem. But then again, you don't really travel with those. You don't sort of travel with a fridge. No, you don't generally travel with your fridge or travel with your washing machine. <laughs> but it does mean that, yes, so perhaps to, before they can work out a power plug standard, they will have to work out a power supply standard. Where did the story go? We kind of vaporized. Indeed. energy from a solar array satellite. That's right, yeah. That was built for less than 100 bucks by a boy and who was really good at throwing. Hey, have you guys heard Detroit gets their RoboCop statue? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. No, you're well, kidding. They They're not going to do it, are they? They've enough money, yeah. Well, they've, they've raised enough money for the statue. They had to require. They, they had to raise $50,000, which they've met using that, the Kickstarter.com program that you, know, you can come up with an idea, enough people put money behind it, it goes ahead and you get mm. the money that was pledged. So yep. the mayor, though, the council isn't too keen on having this RoboCop statue. But it appears that uh, the, the, the citizens of Detroit want a RoboCop statue. I was going to ask yeah, you about yeah. that. So the general consensus is... The general consensus is they, they want, want the RoboCop statue. And if they can't put it on public ground because the council denies them, there is an art group in Detroit which has offered space on their grounds for this statue to be placed. Yeah, that's people power, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's so, so it'll go ahead whether or not the, the council say yes or no. Detroit will have its Robocop statue. It's whether or not the Robocop statue will end up being out somewhere in the council-owned space. Let's hope they do let that go through because Robocop, say, you know, is a crime fighter. He's a good symbol for Detroit, which for many years had held the crown as the murder capital of the US. So they need a good symbol, a symbol of justice. Symbol they do. Symbol of- nothing says that more than a six-foot-tall metal Robocop. Exactly. <laughs> so what's Australia's answer to this? Are they going to have Martin Kelly from the sitcom Hey Dad? I think it's just going to be like a big Crocodile Dundee hat. Or no, big Crocodile no. Dundee knife. Oh, that'd be good. So Anybody else say, thinks there's a knife? No, exactly. Australia's got just a knife. This is a knife and it's this <laughs> massive big knife. I love it. Yeah. 
I'm doing it. I'm, I'm putting it on, into Kickstarter now. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know how much it would cost, but I'd be you know, $50,000. You wouldn't need 50000 for that, would you? Knife. Yeah, I like it. You could do and it, it on, on a third of that. If you actually had it nice and sharp, if mm. you were you know, having lunch and you, you bought your apple and you wanted to peel it or you wanted to cut it, you'd just you could just throw your apple at the knife. Why don't you put it right? Yeah, so why don't you put it right next to your death ray and then you could cook your food, slice your fruit, you know? I like yeah, it. Exactly. Together, yeah. That would work really well. Put the, the, them next yeah. to each other, the, yeah. the giant knife and the giant death ray. People could cook their food and cut them all at the same mm. time. Mm-hmm. Of course, you would find lots of random dead animals because they've flown into your death ray or sliced themselves open on the giant knife. <laughs> but <laughs> well, birds are generally pretty good at uh, uh, having <laughs> awesome statue. <laughs> birds are pretty good at avoiding obstacles. They're, but how fact, they they're very good at it. No, oh, the death ray. Yeah, no, I was thinking about the knife. No, no, no. They get hit by the death ray. It cooks them, and then they hit the knife, and it slices them. So <laughs> well, if you position stuff. it correctly, you could, get, exactly. you could have a production line. You could have K- K- KFC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Convey about with a few herbs. Nice. Yeah. Okay, very good. So Detroit may well get its RoboCop statue. Well, I think they're going to get it regardless. It's just where. Um, yeah, where it's going to yeah, happen. And, and now, after all this publicity, the mayor would be crazy not to give them some little piece of land that has the, the statue, because it's, it's a tourist attraction. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is, I, I don't know, is they're really going to pull the crowds because from what I've heard, and I don't mean to offend anyone from Detroit, but, uh, you know, the Americans that I've talked to do say that Detroit isn't exactly one of the nicest places to go to. But if you are, you do happen to drive through Detroit you, on your way to somewhere you actually want to go, you could drive past something that made your trip through Detroit worthwhile. Stopping quickly to have your photo taken with the statue of Robocop and then getting back in your car well, that's and true. heading on to the world's biggest ball of yarn in the next state over or whatever. Oh, and you know, the thing I shouldn't have said that though, because people are now going to be, we're going to have all these people writing in from Detroit saying, you know, hey, that'll, that'll increase listenership. We need it. We need, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> be, be, we need to be controversial. We need exactly. to have irate we, we Detroit listeners. <laughs> we need to have declared an enemy, some people that we will make fun of. And right now, I guess. According to you, Edwin, we've declared that that's Detroit. Detroit is it. All right, and hence the name of the show, Detroit. All right, I'd like to thank Cameron Colley from Drinkle for joining us on the panel this week. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a fun show. Hope all goes well with the coding and wish Alec all the best for, for will, doing his coding thingy that he does. He does. Great. All right, thank you very much. Excellent. And Brett, also I'd like to thank you for doing the show with me once again. Always a pleasure, Ed. And that concludes episode 104. I'd love to see you again next week. Take care. See you then. Bye-bye. 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 Google announcing OnePass whilst Apple announces its subscription model plan thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank Cameron Colley from Drinkle from joining us. From? From joining us? From Drinkle from? I'm getting mixed up with Detroit and Drinkle and from and for. Drinkle. (laughs) Have you been drinking? Have you been drinkle? (laughs) It sounds like it, yeah. I I have not dreamed (laughs) trinkling. Okay. (laughs) I'm not as drinkle as people think I am. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're not driving home, I yet. No! Please help! (laughs) 
you, I, it's hard to believe I haven't been drinking. I can't believe I haven't been drinking the way I'm acting. I but, can't either. 